Heavenly Father, I pray that you would once again come amongst us by your Spirit. Open up your word to us. Help us to listen. Help us to receive what is from you. Amen. Advertising works. No matter how much you love them or hate them, all those ads that we are constantly bombarded with make us buy more stuff. Advertising sells shoes, diapers, cereal, cars, toothpaste, vacations, books, beer, mobile phones, etc., etc. Twelve years ago, there was a rather intriguing anonymous billboard campaign that started in Florida but spread throughout much of the country. They were ads for God. Some of you may have seen them. They were certainly around Washington, PA, when I lived there then. And at one point, there were more than 10,000 of these ads nationally. They were very striking. They were in black and white with messages from God on them. Here's a sample of what they said. Come on over and bring the kids. God. We need to talk. God. Love the wedding. Invite me to the marriage. God. That love thy neighbor thing. I meant it. God. What part of thou shalt not didn't you understand? God. Tell the kids I love them. God. Now, I'm not sure how effective those ads were in selling God, but they certainly got a reaction from all sorts of people. I don't know whether it was in any way in response to those ads, but the last couple of years have seen a rather different set of billboard ads. And these are sponsored by various groups of atheists. Two years ago, Richard Dawkins and others proudly sponsored ads on the side of London buses that read, There's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy life. A current ad in Chicago reads on a billboard, Are you good without God? Millions are. And at the entrance to the Lincoln Tunnel in New Jersey last year, against the background of the three kings uh, approaching the manger scene, the words above it proclaimed, You know it's a myth. This season, celebrate reason. And on that same location this year, the American atheist new orange and black billboard um, has four images on it a statue of the Roman god Neptune, a classical portrait of Jesus, a rosy-cheeked Santa, and a guy in a suit and a devil mask. And the tagline, 37 million Americans know myths when they see them. What do you see? This, friends, is our context. This is the climate in which we gather in church this morning to celebrate the third Sunday of Advent and to praise the living God. And while our pews are almost full today, let me ask you this. Where are most of your neighbors or colleagues this morning? The truth is, most people in Pittsburgh are not in church today. Especially not with only 13 days to go till Christmas. So where are they? Well, quite a few of them are at the mall for the extra 10% off early bird specials. 
And there's a whole crowd who probably haven't got out of bed yet after last night's holiday party. And the rest, well, some of them are working, maybe because they have to, maybe they're working in the hospitals, or maybe simply because they're packing in some overtime to pay off the visa bill that's going to arrive after Christmas. This is the reality of people's lives. This is the marketplace in which we are called to get the message of the good news of Jesus across. The challenge before us is how to get that message out beyond these walls, through the cacophony of the sales and the atheist ads to the people who most need to hear it. The prophet Isaiah certainly knew about getting the message out. Look at how our Old Testament reading began. The Lord has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. We may think that we live in one of the freest societies in the world, and in a lot of ways we do, and thank God for that. And yet, the freedoms that we enjoy actually enslave many people. And I'm not just talking about those children or adults who work in sweatshops so that we can shop until we drop, though that problem is real and ought to concern us. But I'm actually thinking primarily of the many people, people just like you and me, who are oppressed and enslaved and trapped by materialism and greed. It's difficult to challenge the shopping frenzies that we can all so easily get caught up in. But behind all the twinkling lights and Christmas decorations, in neighborhoods, towns, and cities across the nation, there are so many sad and broken people. People who are brokenhearted. People who are prisoners of debt and anxiety and fear. People who are mourning the loss of loved ones the loss of innocence, the loss of meaning in their lives. People today desperately need to hear and experience the message of the prophet Isaiah fulfilled in the good news of Christmas. They need to hear and receive the good news of God in Christ. And we need to get the message out every which way we can. I don't know how effective those God billboard ads were, I suspect probably not as effective as the organizers might have hoped for, all the more so now given the backlash that seems to be with us. But having said that, I think any of uh, these billboard ads, especially the current ones sponsored by uh, the atheists, present a marvelous opportunity to talk about what, as Christians, we do believe. In a way, those ads put God's name on the map and, and spark some response. Of course, that's a large part of what all advertising is about, isn't it? Name recognition. There are lots of images uh, out there that billions of people would recognize without any words. The yellow arches, for example. The Nike symbol. But many of the ads for these huge brands um, never mention the name because they don't need to. Instead, if you look at the ads, particularly the really impressive ones that we get at the Super Bowl or something, they they kind of focus on lifestyle. So if you drink Coke, here's how you'll be, or whatever it is. But what about us? What messages do we give to people? 
Do people associate our actions, our lifestyles, with Christ? You see, whatever you think of the concept of advertising God or mocking belief in God on billboards, whether we like it or not, every Christian is a living, walking, talking billboard. You are an ad for the church. You are an ad for God. And for all that we say each week here that we believe in. And the question is, what kind of an ad are you? Does your life make people want to try what you have? Or run a million miles in the opposite direction? Does your life provoke the question, how can I be like him? How can I be like her? When it comes to brand recognition, do others recognize Christ in you? Advertising God's love is something that every Christian should do. Indeed, Jesus told us to. You remember that when Jesus left this world, he said to the disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He doesn't give us a choice. We who name the name of Jesus are billboards. God is not averse to getting some good publicity. In fact, as the words of our communion service remind us this morning, God has been in the business of revealing himself to the world from the very beginning of human existence. God made himself known in creation. In his words spoken through the prophets and above all in the word made flesh. From the master canvas of the star-studded night sky that declares the glory of the Lord to God coming down and living among us, God has and is making himself known. But do the billboards of our lives express the nature of God? Do they make people want to know more? I think my main uh, concern about those black and white God ads was that there didn't seem to be much grace in some of the messages. And of course, they were no substitute for the personal messages of God's love that each of us is called to bring to our neighbors. In his book, The Bible Jesus Read, Philip Yancey writes this, God is not a blurry power living somewhere in the sky, not an abstraction like the Greeks proposed, not a sensual superhuman like the Romans worshipped, and definitely not the absentee watchmaker of the deists. God is personal. He enters into people's lives, messes with families, shows up in unexpected places, chooses unlikely leaders, calls people to account. Most of all, God loves. And we are called to live out that love in our lives. It was the message of God's love and hope that Isaiah proclaimed as he declared the good news to the oppressed and as he was sent to bind up broken hearts and comfort those who mourn. And that's what we're to do. Over the years, Christians have become quite creative in the ways they proclaim the good news. The ancient, ancient symbol of the fish quietly, covertly advertised who were Christians. Stained glass windows in medieval cathedrals were picture stories for those that couldn't read. The printing of the Gutenberg Bible was a revolutionary innovation of biblical communication. And today, 
Radio, television, websites, billboards are all used to proclaim the good news of God in Christ. Using the resources that are out there is a good thing to do. More than a few people have come to Ascension because they found us on the web. But there has never been any substitute for you. You are God's living billboard, erected in a culture which is accustomed to processing hundreds, if not thousands, of messages a day. It is your task and mine to help people to hear, to see, and to experience God's transforming message of love. Sometimes it's the only good news that a person will ever hear. The last of the Old Testament-style prophets, the last prophet to point towards the first coming of Jesus was, of course, John. And we would do well to learn something and emulate from his advertising style. I don't mean that we have to dress like he did or follow his particular diet, uh, but look at how he operated. He always pointed away from himself towards the one who was to come. And the religious leaders were were out to get him, of course. And uh, are you the Messiah? No. Are you Elijah? No. Then who are you? I am the voice. He was the messenger. And we too are the voice. We are the messengers. And like St. John once said, we need to be able to say, he must increase, but I must decrease. There's more that we can learn from John this morning. In verse 26, we read that John told the crowds, Among you stands one whom you do not know. How true that is today, at this time in history, after more than 2,000 years of the church's existence, while we are surrounded by Christian images and churches and Christmas, and yet the vast majority of people do not know Jesus. He is for most an irrelevance. A mere figure of history, maybe, or of art. As we heard from the beginning of that gospel reading, John came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light. He came to testify to the light. And that is our job today, to testify to the light, to tell others about Jesus. And elsewhere in the scriptures, Jesus himself says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give to your father glory in heaven. Your task and mine is to shine the light of the Messiah in order that a desperate and dark world may know Jesus the light. Jesus alone who has the power to bring joy and purpose and healing into human lives. Are you good without God? The Chicago billboard asks. And the correct answer is not millions are, but rather no. But thank God, the God who is living and powerful, that he makes us good, not by virtue of inherent goodness in us, But through Jesus, who came that first Christmas to be born for us, to die for us, and to do in us that which we cannot do for ourselves, 
to set us free from the sin that enslaves, to bind up broken hearts, to comfort those who mourn. Talk about good news. I hope that in all your preparations for Christmas, you will be what Jesus calls us to be, to shine the light of his truth into the hearts of our neighbors and friends. You see, without his light and his word, these holiday celebrations are, to borrow some words from Shakespeare, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. But with his light and his word, our holiday, our Christmas celebrations can be, as Isaac Watts put it, as heaven and nature sing joy to the world. But before I finish, I want to say this. It may be that there are some here this morning who, faced with these challenges, feel rather inadequate or defeated. Ironically, Christmas can be one of the hardest times to advertise Christ. So caught up is everyone in the frenzied preparations. So to anyone who feels that they haven't been a very good personal advertisement for Jesus, let me say two things quickly. First, none of us is perfect. None of us is without sin. Indeed, that's precisely why Jesus came in the first place, to save us from ourselves and to provide a way for us to be forgiven from our sin. Second, with God, we can always make a new start and a new beginning. So will you, this morning, ask God to help you be more like Jesus in all that you are and in all that you say? especially in the difficult places. And I don't know where those are. You do. They may be at home. They may be at school. They may be at work. Do others recognize Christ in you? May you and I bring good news to the poor. May we bind up broken hearts. May we proclaim the Lord's release to those who are trapped and bring comfort to those who mourn. What kind of ad for Christ will you be this week? Amen.